0: Masih belum reda, cuaca ekstrim yang sentiasa berubah, isu pembakaran hutan yang masih berleluasa, Living Planet Report 2020 menunjukkan hubungan manusia dan alam semula jadi semakin retak. Apakah yang harus dilakukan? Apakah solusinya? WWF Malaysia membantu dalam menangani isu ini. Dr. Jason Hon, Ketua Konservasi Sarawak Program dijemput Untuk membicarakan isu ini di dalam buah R&D episod kali ini bersama saya Christina Donali Abdullah kita merungkai tajuk kita pada hari ini iaitu WWF Malaysia in Helping Sarawak Towards Environmental Sustainability Through R&D. Welcome Dr Jason.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So uh, how are you today?
1: I'm good.
0: Okay. Uh, you have been working with uh, WWF for quite a while now, right? So what made you um, interested to join WWF Malaysia?
1: Well, first of all, allow me to say thank you for inviting me to this talk show. It's an honor to be here. For myself, getting into this conservation line is something came pretty much as an awakening call to me. Uh, When I was in university, I had a chance to be involved in a lot of activities in school, in university. And then I realized that there's definitely something that we need to do, mm-hmm. something that Malaysians can contribute. And it just struck me that I thought, this is an environment that I like to be in. Mm-hmm. I like to be in the outside. Yeah. I like to be with the nature. I like the natural surrounding. Mm-hmm. And I thought that if I could do something more while enjoying what I love to do, and this is where I decided that I want to get into this field of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate that along the way, I had this opportunity to pursue my study, I had scholarships, uh, but I have wonderful people to work with. Uh, I got into WWF about seven years ago, coming to eight years now. And I'm very fortunate that we have an excellent team Mm -hmm. and uh, we have very good partners out there that we work together. So that kept me going.
0: The establishment and objective of WWF Sarawak?
1: Well, WWF Sarawak has been around for quite a while. Sorry, the REF Malaysia and Sarawak has been around for quite a while. Uh, we work on uh, a lot of programs with our stakeholders and partners out there. Uh, the mission is actually to reduce the degradation yeah, of the environment, conserving biological diversity, and for the well being of nature and people. So, as you see, we emphasize on nature and on people as well. So, we work on these two aspects. Now, in Sarawak here, our program focuses on key objectives where we can actually help government towards the conservation agenda. We work towards promoting at least 7 million hectares of forested environment here. We know that the government has a land use policy of keeping at least 7 million hectares of forest intact. We work in about 1.17 million hectares of priority areas where we are focusing on. In the other bit that we work on is on the integrated watershed management. We are piloting in an area of about 560,000 hectares in the Bale region, where we try to push for watershed management. And lastly, we also work on trying to get uh, species that are hunted, traded, to see that there's a reduction in it. Yeah? We want to work for the benefits of humans that they can actually enjoy seeing wildlife out there. So that's pretty much what we work on here in Strawa. And uh, it's a strategy that we develop for a five-year strategy here.
0: So at this establishment, the objective is more into looking at the nature and also the people surrounding. So we're talking about the topic for today. Uh, Probably Dr. Jason can um, explain in depth the the background of the topic, the WWF Malaysia in helping Sarawak towards environmental sustainability through research and development.
1: Well, I'd like to go into something very relevant now. Uh, I think everybody is affected by it. Uh, COVID-19, for instance, everybody's impacted. Let's go back to see what actually caused us to actually live in such confinement and fear. Um, COVID-19 actually gave us an opportunity to relook at how we do things. It has impacted a wide circle of people. And I think this is where we need to see uh, there must be something that we can actually learn from this. For instance, throw up may be less impacted by it compared to other countries. We have communities who can still continue on living. They still have the livelihood being maintained. It's all because they keep the natural surrounding impact. Yeah? It provides them with that services, the ecosystem services, the food, the water that they need. Yeah? So uh, I guess this is something that we need to look at. Yeah, uh, How we can actually leverage on this and work on this. Yeah. Straw is blessed with so much natural capital, natural resources out there. We need to see how we can sustainably manage it, conserve them and protect for the benefit of all.
0: Yeah, I, I understand and I also believe that this pandemic 19, is also giving us uh, opportunity to actually to, to work on our ecosystem, right? Yep. So the sustainability of environmental such as species, by looking to the forest, freshwater, and also marine. So what are the situation, uh, the current situation faced by uh, WWF uh, WWF's program?
1: Um, well, I guess the very first thing is people do not really acknowledge that what we have out there in terms of species, the values that they serve us. We tend to look at things from just the first value, what we pay money for, but we do not see how these animals, trees, plants, rivers, the natural surrounding, how they actually serve very unique functions out there that build this ecosystem that we live in. And I think this is a challenge that we are facing. People don't look beyond some kind of monetary value. They, they do not acknowledge that there's services and functions of all these Things, natural wonders that we have out there. So I think that's the very first challenge that we need to overcome is to get people to actually acknowledge that there are actually values of these, these things out there. This is what we call natural capital. Like what I mentioned, straw is blessed with so much natural capital. We don't see timbers from, from, from wood. We should see them as being able to sequester carbon, take away carbon dioxide, provide clean air, the forests provide clean water. So I think this is one of the things that we try to do is to see how we can bring values of all these natural ecosystems out there and what are the services they provide to human beings. From there, we acknowledge these values, then we, we can conserve them, we can protect them, or we can develop them further. Mm-hmm. So this is where we try to work on, to work on this challenge, to overcome how people actually perceive what are natural surrounding out there and how they can actually serve and help us.
0: I agree with the statement that you were saying just now, whereby this pandemic COVID nineteen is actually naturalised the whole ecosystem. Yeah, kita berhenti seketika jangan kemana mana. Kita kembali lagi bersama saya di program bual R and D di studio pada hari ini kita menjemput Dr. Jason Hon. Kita kembali lagi Dr. Jason. We're talking about the WWF Malaysia that have. Um, many research now is going on, right? But what are the current research uh, doing by the WWF Malaysia that's significant towards the sustainability of Sarawak environment?
1: Um, I'd like to actually maybe quote one of our work, uh, which is uh, on a very big study that we're doing. It's called Natural Capital Valuation Study. And in this particular study is about how we put values into our natural capital. Yeah? What are the natural properties out there? How do we put values to it? Now allow me to actually cite some of our work here. Yeah? In, in this particular work that we do in Bali, we found out that the net gain, if we were to go for what we call a green economy model, would actually give us about 4.1 million US dollars a year uh, as compared to a business as usual, which is current practices right now, that will actually give us a deficit. Now, what do we mean by green economy? It's about getting businesses to adopt good practices, green technology, green approaches, yeah? certification, for example. So, this will actually give us a gain in terms of values from all the services that's out there. Now, on the higher extreme, where is the conservation Model that will actually give us a much higher value of about 18 million US dollars per year, but I think in a situation when we are economic economically uh, driven, so we are still developing. We need to come off with some somewhere in between, which is why we come up with the green economy model. Now, in this study, we actually collected a, a lot of data from people living in the interior. One of the things that came out really, really high on the list is how they value water, services provided by water. Yeah? And on top of this, they also found out that sedimentation is something that they put a lot of values in. In other words, if we were to do something and, and remediate against sedimentation, it would cost a lot of money. I understand why this is such highly valued by the local people in the interior, because they use rivers, for communications, for transportation, for food. Yeah, so this is one of the studies that we do.
0: By doing this project in rural areas, so you might want to have more funds. So where do you get your grants or the funding?
1: Yeah, a lot of this work require a lot of funding. Uh, But first of all, we work very closely with our colleagues and counterparts and government agencies as well. We try to secure funds as much as we can. A lot of our fundings actually come from the donors out there. Uh, don't be surprised that the have Malaysia has an operation throughout Peninsula Sabah and Sarawak. We work on a, a, an annual budget of about 47 million uh, ringgit. Yeah? And uh, about two thirds of this money actually comes from our donor base out there people, public, who actually put in donations to our work. I think because they believe in this cause of, of what we do, we are answerable to, to the mandate given by them to actually give good data out. So that, that's a big chunk of where the conservation money comes in. Uh, on top of that, we do get external grants from our network as well, which is about one quarter. But overall, I would say that about three quarter of our money is actually spent on conservation work on the ground.
0: So you, by doing this research and development, um, you will have some challenges and limitation, right? So how do you, what are the strategies actually to solve all of these uh, limitations?
1: Well, yes, there's definitely, a lot of challenges um, one of the things that we do get very often is the perception of an organization like WWF when people think about NGO is this perception about NGO are not very friendly so I think it's something that uh, we do get a lot of these challenges um, but we need to actually work, work very closely to, to overcome this we need to overcome this perception well, the other bit that I actually mentioned much earlier on is about how people do not put conservation agenda as something of a priority in their livelihood, in their daily life. You know? They may be experiencing a lot of things in life, you know, but they do not relate that to what our natural environment is usually providing for them. So it's about creating a lot of awareness about conservation in Sarawak. So this, I believe, is one of the key challenge, challenges that we are facing. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, we will always continue working on that. I think our key role in pushing for good communications, good awareness, messaging is also very important. Uh, We need to show that by doing this, it actually comes back into providing benefits to the people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other bit that we try to work on. Yeah.
0: So during the awareness, you will have uh, have to invest some of the social media or probably printed uh, media on the awareness, right? So it Definitely. is up to the community to actually to to have the awareness and to to create the culture of that. So um, kita kembali selepas ini kita berehat seketika. Kita. kita kembali lagi di studio, Dr. Jason. Probably you can explain more further the impact of R and D of this project to the social economy of Sarawak.
1: Well, I think uh, first up, we have seen uh, the government moving towards a lot of good practices out there. I like to specifically mention uh, the government's direction towards sustainable forest management, where we have seen a lot more forest being s- certified. Uh, hopefully they will carry out a more sustainable way of uh, logging. Uh, we have also seen a lot of good practices out there. Uh, people are more aware about how to conduct agricultural practices using uh, good schemes out there. We uh, reduce fertilizers, chemical use, yeah. And I think the other bit is we also seen impact of how uh, the agencies, the enforcements are, are there and uh, increasing to actually tackle illegal wildlife trade. Uh, to It's all about zoonotic diseases out there. So um, it's slowly coming on. Uh, but I think what is important is, is, a, is a long journey. Uh, we need to actually embark on this. The impact will come as we move along the way. Uh, uh, so, I like to see that. I think this is something that we, we want to look at that happens slowly over time, but it's slowly coming already.
0: Right, right. So, the one just now that you was uh, mentioned about the, the the project that you guys are embarked into the nat- natural capital evaluation. evaluation yeah. What are the other projects that in the future that you guys have been proposing?
1: All right. In Straw, we are guided by what we call a five year strategy. Uh, we work on this strategy every five years and the strategies are something that we work on that are relevant. We talk to our stakeholders, we talk to our partners out there, we talk to our government agencies, yeah? uh, from a wide circle of people, the public as well, and the civil society group as well. Yeah? So we are guided by this strategy. In the next five years, we are focusing on three major landscapes that we want to work on. Uh, first one is, uh, what we call the Ulu Ai Sibiru Orangutan landscape. As the name implies, it's got Orangutan as the key conservation, uh, goal that we want to target at. The second landscape is the Rajang freshwater, the Rajang basin freshwater uh, landscape, where we're trying to push for integrated watershed management approach. Um, and the third one is the Northern Thrauak corridor, uh, where there are multiple protected areas like Mulu, uh, Pulongtao National Park, but what is in between are very important habitat that connects these protected areas. So that's the other habitat that we work on. So in the next five years, we hope to work on this. Uh, But on top of that, we also have uh, a cross-cutting module on sustainable landscape and also green economy. We're trying to push for good practices good land use management in Sarawak. Right,
0: right, so these are the five years planning. Yeah. Yep. So what are the achievements so far that you guys have uh, achieved an internationally or national uh, level?
1: We are considered actually quite young but uh, we are actually quite proud that a lot of our achievements were actually done together with some of our key partners out there. I'd like to actually quote one of it uh, just last year. We worked very closely with the Forest Department of Strawa. And they won the state level, uh, high performance team award. Uh, we were actually quite happy to be part of this project for the Gaharu team uh, planting work here yeah, in Batang Aya National Park, Yang area. Uh, get a bit that we are working on, uh, with the communities up in the highlands. We call the Formada Forum. Uh, it's the Highlands Alliance of, uh, Alliance of the Highlands People in Sri So we work with them, uh, so in, I think back in 2015, they actually won the UN Equator Prize Award, which is a very big award uh, given by the UN. So it's a recognition of the community's role in transboundary conservation. So these are just some of it. But other small things that are slowly coming on board. uh, We work with the rice farming communities up in Bakalala. We have already seen some of them uh, reaping a lot of harvest using system for rice intensification, where uh, they're using a very good approach of rice farming. Uh, they have seen the yield increase almost two times already. Yeah. Uh, so I think these are some of the things that we have seen them uh, slowly achieving. But uh, lastly, I just want to say that none of this would not have been possible without support of general public out there, the donors, uh, from our partners, from our sponsors corporate donors as well actually support our work so i think uh, i can't mention them too long but uh, i think their contribution to our work is being acknowledged for all this
0: so you are are welcome to continue on the future projects that you have been mentioned just now
1: yeah so we are guided by this strategy and uh, this strategy is drafted in a way that we also contribute as much as possible to at the international level how are we contributing to the sustainable development goals the sdg in particular, in Sarawak, our programs are very much aligned to uh, SDG goals on land and water. Uh, sorry, uh, life on land and also on water and sanitation and also on climate action. So all of these strategies, you know, these SDG goals is geared towards 2030. And we like to see how it's about moving towards environmental sustainability as well. So. The programs done by Sarawak are actually very much aligned to the SDG goals at the mm-hmm. international level. And at the state level, this is where uh, we are also aware that government has got this post-COVID-19 uh, exit Economy Action Strategy for the next 10 years until 2030. And it's got environmental sustainability as one of the core principles of it. Mm-hmm. So we, our Sarawak program conservation strategy is very much aligned to that and hoping that we can get help the government move towards that environmental sustainability as mm. well.
0: It is a collaborate a collaboration from all the parties, yes. yeah? NGOs and also from the, the other stakeholders. That's right. So uh, <laughs> probably Dr. Jason can conclude the topic that today that we have been met, uh, talking about.
1: Well, um, uh, Lona, it's been an honour talking to you today. <laughs> Thank uh, you. To, to the audience, I actually know I'd like to say this. Yeah. Uh, WWF Malaysia as an NGO, we do play in a very important role. We do provide an alternative views to things. We do it in a very constructive manner. We work with our key partners out there pushing for key conservation agenda. Our interest is in the state of Sarawak. We like to see Sarawak move towards sustainable development. We like to see it being done in a manner that both environment, nature, wildlife species and the people living in it can actually benefit from all of this work. I just want to say that we are there to work on the conservation agenda together with everybody out there. See us as a key partner in your work.
0: Thank you, Dr. Jason Hunt, to be with us today in the studio. Welcome. Hubungan ekosistem manusia adalah bergantung kepada alam semula jadi. kedodonya tidak dapat dipisahkan bagi meneruskan kelangsungan hidup. Di muka bumi ini, saya Kistina Donali Abdullah mengucapkan Assalamualaikum dan salam hormat.